Today's episode is presented by Lodestar, the fee experts. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's Lodestar's Lending Leaders. Our guest is a longtime friend, client of ours, Hoyt Mann. Hoyt, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Hoyt's the president and co-founder of Alana.ai, which is artificial intelligence in the title industry. So, uh, Hoyt, I'm excited to talk about the robots taking over and and all of those types of things that people think about with AI. Uh, But to first, you know, tell me a little bit about, you know, what got you into title, what's kept you in there, and then why AI in the title insurance industry? Yeah, thanks, Jim. I appreciate the invitation. Appreciate the opportunity to be on uh, mm-hmm. podcast here with you. So, uh, so my saying is, you're either born in the title or you're tricked in the title. Yep. And uh, I was tricked in the title. I'm a technologist, and I mm-hmm. got tricked in uh, by my longtime uh, co-founder Randall Nelson and, and mm-hmm. close friend. So, uh, so he tricked me in in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. and um, and we've been uh, we've been working together ever since. I like that. I've I've said um, you've born into it or you're stuck, but I like trick. Um, so I was I was born into it, but I um, I heard someone too. They went to interview for um, a job that they thought was at a tile company, but it wound up being at a title company. Uh, now this person's like an executive in the industry too, so it's you know that's they were nice. certainly tricked. Uh, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, it, my background is uh, software engineering. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a software developer by trade, mm-hmm. and that's how I got into the industry. I jumped into uh, to a company uh, called RamQuest mm-hmm. um, back in early 2000, and my co-founder founded that company. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's uh, I knew nothing about title, but mm-hmm. I knew a lot about software. And so we've been uh, we've been working together again ever since. So it's mm-hmm. it's good good to be in this industry, and it's one that I think you probably well know that. You, mm-hmm. There's no way out other than a pine box. So <laughs> that's a little morbid. <laughs> you can only say like a condo in Florida or something like that. Right? Uh, okay, you can at least All retire right. a little bit, right? So I guess it's fresh in your mind if you've been to a an industry conference lately. But <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so you know, um, obviously coming from RamQuest, right? Um, having that track record of a, a title production system, a real core system. Um, for title companies, you know, looking at all of the problems out there to solve, you know, why AI, right? There are a lot of problems. There are a lot of things in title. You know, they talk about title coming into the 21st century. In some cases, it's not out of the 19th century. Um, so how do you even go about doing something like AI? Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting journey. And like I said, there's just no way out of this industry. Mm-hmm. So uh, when RamQuest sold to Old Republic, uh, Randall mm-hmm. and I left the industry and mm-hmm. went into customer service and support. Mm-hmm. And so, so there, you know, in that customer service and support industry, there's some really big companies. And so you can get away, and we did for for many years, mm-hmm. being a small to medium sized solution. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, the big guys kind of came down into the the SMB marketplace. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about as as a as a technologist, you try to solve problems in different ways. Mm-hmm. And one of the problems that we solved at RamQuest was we were bringing a portal to title production systems. And mm-hmm. uh, the product was called Paperless Closer. Mm-hmm. And we we launched that product and won, a, won an award for it because we innovated in that space mm-hmm. to actually give a web portal when people didn't even have websites. 
gave them a web portal that was functional more than a brochure that actually mm -hmm. gave insight into the production system. Mm -hmm. And so that was back in 2001 when we mm -hmm. won that award and uh, and wow. and pre pretty excited about about winning that award. But that's mm -hmm. really when you look at the roots of, of, you know, of our company and, and kind of what we've done over the past couple of decades, it's been about innovation in an industry that um, that that arguably could uh, could stand a little bit of extra innovation. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit when you're drilling down to AI. What are the types of things that people, at least present day, are are automating using AI? You know how how is it used in a, in a functional sense? Yeah, you know, I, you know, I love it that you know we were solving this problem of mm -hmm. of you know staffing issues. You know, this concept of everybody's being overworked and how do you create some efficiencies? And so yeah. a virtual assistant, you know, mm -hmm. came into play, um, but. The, the interesting part was when I talk with people about AI, um, mm -hmm. there's a lot of times people don't realize how inundated their lives are with mm -hmm. AI. I mean, you get AI through Netflix, you get AI right. through Google Maps, mm -hmm. you get AI through, you know, Alexa or Siri. You have mm -hmm. AI all over, your, you know, in your personal world. And mm -hmm. now in the business world, you start seeing seeing AI come to bear. And so the concept is that, you know, what people do in their personal lives will tend to bleed over into business. And we've seen that with, you know, cell phone usage for business purposes and, you know, and, and bring your own device type models and things like that. Mm -hmm. So so this expectation that businesses should in, internally and externally operate the same as, you know, as your car does respond to your your text text gym. Hey, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be be on the meeting and. Uh, on time and uh, and and so so this concept of AI in business is um, it's been creeping in through pretty much every aspect of our life and so when you look at that and you say well I solved my grocery list with Alexa you know being able to add things to my grocery list right. just whenever I think about it I've solved that in my personal life right well now I come over to business and I'm like well how 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 can I solve some of my business problems with you know, with Alexa, well, that's not really Alexa's Alexa's role just yet. You know, Alana comes to the stage, and we're here to solve some of those uh, those mm -hmm. business problems. Right, and you think of you know how many inquiries do you get that are hey, here's a pricing sheet, here's our contact information, here's where you can get what you need. Right, even if it's I think in technology, people often look for that silver bullet, right? Of like this thing is going to solve every problem we have. And that's just almost never the case, right? But if you can take away 50% of your problems and 50% of your time, you know, that's impactful. It, it really is. Yeah. And it comes back down to things like, you know, there's some simple examples of, mm -hmm. you know, why, why, you know, it's how people work today that yeah. they didn't work like in five years ago or seven years ago. And, uh, and, and it's, and I found it extremely interesting and uh, the problems people are solving with technology these days, you know, just even our companies interacting together, mm -hmm. giving somebody, you know, in, in essence, a voice activated virtual assistant that could reach out to your company and get some, and get rates and fill out a, you have a, a pricing a quote without actually having to use a calculator, right? You're just, you know, kind of putting it in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people are getting better about engaging with that type of stuff. I was, you were talking about kind of. AI bleeding into our lives. And I was thinking of an example from this morning of um, I had to verify I got sent like a, the six digit um, authentication for my bank. Right. And uh, my phone has the feature where it gets sent. And then you see you don't even have to leave your screen. It says, hey, they pull automatically from your text messages. Pretty sure this is what you're looking for, Jim. Right. Click. 
goes right in. That's great, right? That's just another example. Or Google, um, uh, we use Gmail, right? So they um, have like a sentence completion um, feature. And I'm a little, I, I get a little bit frustrated when they actually guess correctly, right? At the end of like, hey, let me know if you need anything else. Or I'm here if you have any questions. I'm like, okay, like I both really like it and it, it makes me a little bit uneasy sometimes too. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love that. And that's, yeah. and that, you know, that, that to me is, is as we're getting there, you yeah. don't realize, you know, I watch, I have, I have a daughter that's in college mm-hmm. and I watched how she would, it wasn't that, you know, she would have a calculator beside her, but she would ask Alexa to do a math problem for her. Mm. And I'm like, it's not that you don't have the tools at your fingertips. Right. It comes to this frictionless flow of how you're working that yeah. you don't have to take your hands off the keyboard, right. you can keep focusing on what you're doing. And oh, by the way, you have an assistant helping you out that's that's there waiting. Right. Well, it's 45 you know, times 17. Right. That's yeah. it. Yeah. You know, sure, you pull the calculator right over and do it, but yeah, you know, and like, and, and I think you know, you're not losing anything by doing that, right? You're still like, you know, whether you're having a machine help you one way or another, right? It's just, it's just, I think, a different level. Um, so you talked about some of the things you're doing now. You know, what does AI look like in the future, right? I think people take new technology, especially in this industry, and take it to a, a, a conclusion that doesn't really make any sense, right? Are we going to have AI realtors? Are we going to have AI title officers, loan officers, like? You know, how far is this going to go? Yeah, that's that's a great question. It's the one that I think about often. And mm-hmm. I think back to, um, you know, when I started my career about 25 years ago, mm-hmm. um, I or maybe better 30 years ago, um, mm-hmm. I think back to some of the technology. It was cutting edge technology back then. I was working with the government doing, we we're scanning documents and, uh, and using OCR technology. Yeah. And that was that was 30 years ago. And so as you look today, you're like, is OCR still applicable today? Yeah. Absolutely still applicable today. Yeah. Now, what's where does AI plug into that? Well, well, you take characters and you make into words and you take words and you make into sentences and you take sentences and you put decision making around those sentences. And right. uh, when it concerns language and when it concerns, mm-hmm. you know, names or things like that. Right. And so what we're working on is is data extraction and then putting logic and thought mm-hmm. around the data now I've have it extracted. Mm-hmm. What can I make decisions on this data? So is this a, a purchase contract? Is this a cash contract? You know, you know, and right. can I take more steps on my process um given mm-hmm. some knowledge applied to the data right. that's being being pulled out? And then you have the ability to, you know, through AI or machine learning, which is usually what most people end up calling AI, right? In in many cases, is just, um, you know, you have kind of the system trains on human decision making, right? So you see a human do this, like with my email example, they've seen me, right? Ask me if you have any questions enough times in emails that they know that's what's going to happen, right? So you train a machine to effectively do that. And then what I think you're always going to have the human component be is there's edge cases, right? So if now you know, you're able to cut out the 80% of your things that take up 20% of your time, or I think I flipped that, right? You know, let's work on that other top 20%. Let's look, work on the things that are a little bit trickier or a little, or, you know, the actual like human to human relationship component component of the business too. Yeah. One thing we run into a lot is, you know, somebody says, Hey, is Alana a chat bot? And I, I used to kind of bristle at that. I'm like, she's not a chatbot. She's yeah. a virtual assistant. She's got yeah. a brain that's growing over the years and she's mm-hmm. becoming more more and more intelligent, so much so that when we look at conversations, she's confused almost more times as being a human 
even though she says she's not, then yeah. she does um, an actual or even you know, just the way you're system. saying she, right? Just like the kind of, uh, you know. That's it. <laughs> and I always talk about that with, with our um, Google Home of like saying thank you and humanizing it, right? Like we always that's... joke, we're like, oh no, you have to be nice. So that way, you know, when the machines take over, like they'll, they'll be nice. <laughs> I kind of inside that's... joke, but. Um, but, but that's exactly right. Yeah, that's exact. I'm sorry, I cut you off there. I was, Go ahead. Like, I was yeah. just saying that that's exactly right. Who who thanks a, a machine for doing work for them? Yeah. Nobody really. But when you find yourself thanking something for doing something for you, it humanizes it. And that's really the future that we're running I mean, part, into. Part of why there's names, right? Alana, Alexa, Siri, like, you know, that's, you know, very much intentional. Um, it was. <laughs> oh, um, the... So this is, I think we've worked together for a few years. Alana, you, you've a few years into this now. How have people's, um, you know, their attitudes towards this changed over the last few years? Yeah, there, it used to be the early adopters coming to our door, ready to take on the technology. And now we're getting into mainstream, you know, people. And like I said before, I was talking about chatbots and I bristle at it. But really what we're talking about here is a, a version two of where we're all headed. So, yes, it's a chatbot, but it's version two. But mainstream, you know, now all of a sudden it's like think about Tesla 10 or 10 or so years ago. People are like, oh, that's kind of new. And there's some yeah. cutting edge people getting in line, ready to go. Now it's more every day you know, mm -hmm. common that somebody has an electric vehicle or not, maybe not yeah. a Tesla, but but they're more open to that. And that's yeah. what we're seeing in this virtual assistant. I mean, we mm -hmm. I was just looking at Chili's rolling out these robots to do mm -hmm. very mundane and human-like tasks, which is yeah. take somebody to their to their table or, or deliver right. drinks to them. But but now we're really getting into a point to where um everybody is really uh, very comfortable with a virtual assistant. And, yeah. you know, I thank Google and I thank, you know, Apple for those, uh, yeah. those innovations. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And it's, um, it's curious for me, I have a one-year-old daughter and just seeing like we have a Google home. So we'll say, like, ask about the temperature or something like that. And like, she's slowly learning that like, oh, I can ask this thing and this comes back. So like, I'm curious to see what that, you know, what the interaction becomes. Right. And then you hear about the kids who order. I just saw someone ordered like 25 cheeseburgers uh, or something like that. Right. So, you, you know, obviously you have to be careful, but it's always always funny to see those those types of stories and uh, stuff come through. So you had um, our production team did a really good job here um, looking up information on you. And I have a quote from your Twitter account saying being successful in software is knowing how to release software quickly and efficiently, giving your customers what they need while working on the next great thing. Right. So we have a lot of technologies that are kind of entering the industry in one way, shape or form. But what's the next big thing? What's the next AI um, going to be in this space? Yeah, it's it's you touched on it. It's the learning component and and doing more automated learning is, mm -hmm. is in my mind, you know, because right now there's a lot of training. You know, kind of talked about machine learning and it's really training and giving examples. And there's a lot of human involved training. Mm -hmm. um, I think what we'll see is a little bit more of a lean into um, machine machine led training. Yeah. And so um, getting a little bit smarter about how it trains itself, mm -hmm. you know, through predefined examples and a little bit uh, more or less of a manual task in the right. training process. Um, that's what, that's what I see. And I see more, um, more of these type utilities popping up that are domain mm -hmm. specific. So, yeah. you know, we talk about title production systems and having a virtual assistant basically be able to gather information quicker than a human can, can do it. 
which is, uh, you know, it's a little scary to think about it. You're like, wow, you know, and a machine can answer the question faster than I can, yeah. but it, but that gives more lends more to the, to right. the need around it and, uh, and the efficiencies that you can get from it. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think it's people are, especially in the industry, I think are getting better about kind of marrying the two and understanding, um, that it's not just the shiny technology. It's just not using AI for the sake of using AI. It's how do I replace, how do I have it take over a task that will help this person do their job better, right? Not necessarily replace a person, right? I think that's all too much of like, no, you're still going to have this person here, but let's have them do something that a machine can't. Let's have them focus on edge cases, uh, focus on um, relationship management, focus on things that are just higher, higher value at the end of the day. Um, which I think is better for the person. It's better for the company. You know, it, it moves things forward. So I think people are, are better and better about kind of, you know, starting to figure out what that looks like. We say the same thing with automation of, of fee disclosures. And people always come to us and say, hey, what do I do with all the staff I'm firing, right? And I don't look at it that way. And I think I think people that do are a little bit short-sighted. Um, and unfortunately, we're at a time now where, you know, there's lots of layoffs in the industry, right? And I think... Um, I think the people who embrace technology like Alana, people embrace the technology out there are going to be able to kind of prevent that, you know, human, human capital change, right? At the end of the day, like if you can have more and more technology doing the variable stuff in the industry and keeping staff, it's going to make things easier and you're going to avoid, you know, situations like a lot of companies are in now. Well, I think what I think what was going on, you know, just, just to take a minute here, you know, looking at the industry, you mentioned layoffs, but but when we looked at in the past, in the past two years, business ramped up so fast that hiring was such a huge issue. Yeah. Now we're on the other side of that, where if you put a, you spent a large amount of effort into hiring the right people and they're with you and they've been trained and they're yeah. ready to go. As a business owner, the last thing you want to do is let those well-trained, well, highly selected yeah. individuals you know, out of your, out of your company. And that's, there's a lot of investment that goes on to bringing on people. Yeah. And so I think in maybe in the past, it was a little easier ebb and flow of kind of hiring and, yeah. and, and right sizing the business. But this day, it was so much effort to get these people on yeah. board. Um, what we've seen is people adopt technology and mm-hmm. they're able, they're able, they're able to retain those, that talent that they worked so hard to get right. over the past couple of years and then do more with that talent because they got the right people in the organization. So, yep. no, I think that's a great point. And I, you know, more and more companies, I think especially smaller ones like us, are are starting to address that. And hopefully, it changes because I I was just having a conversation with someone from outside the industry talking about mortgage, talking about title, and he's like, "Yeah, times are tough now, but like those title agents, they just had two great years, so like it's fine. What are they complaining about?" Right. And, and my response was, yeah, I mean, the owners, right, the folks running companies are going to be fine. You know, X big bank out there is going to be fine. But what about the 500 people they had to lay off or the 5,000, 50,000 people they had to lay off? Right. There's there's human capital. There's, you know, actual consequences to this. And I think that's the problem. Right. When you have that much fluctuation, you know, there's there's it affects people's lives. Well, and I wanted to touch on one more topic, if you don't mind. Sure. And it's the concept of trust. Yeah, you know, you, you you know, you talk about how does the industry change, and there's mm-hmm. this concept of of trust in the technology, mm-hmm. and I'm really coming at it from Alana. You know, trusting yeah. Alana gains additional adoption. Right. There, there's a comfort that people aren't double checking what's going on, and mm-hmm. they start to trust technology. But you know, over the past few decades, trust between companies. 
companies and employees has always been an issue yeah. and you know ebbs and flows it's like the buying selling market you know it's a buyer's market it's a seller's market mm -hmm. but you know there's a concept of trust that i think yeah. you know can be applied to technology and it's a, and it's something that you and i have to you know that we tried to instill in everybody right. who works works with us whether it be a partner or an employee mm -hmm. You know, it's establishing that trust and uh, yeah. it's it can it's easy to break, but it's super hard to build. And, uh, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a I job mean, I that think we that's all a really have to fantastic do. point. Right. People need to trust with us that fees are accurate, the trust that I can rely on this or they trust that the experience someone's getting with Alana is going to be a good enough experience for them to want to continue to work with the company. Right. And I think that. um you know, one of the things that we're promoting more and more, we call the Lodestar Guarantee. And it's like, you can trust that we are going to do these things. We're going to pick up the phone. We're going to get back to you quickly. Um, we're going to, you know, deal with any problems if you have cures on fees. So um, I never really thought of it in terms of trust, but I think that's really important, right? Because you think of how you, you work with different other, you know, technology at the end of the day. I trust that Google Maps is going to not drive me off a cliff, right? I trust that it's going to get me where I'm going faster than me figuring it out myself, right? You think of how much trust you put in technology um, on a daily basis. And that's, and that's when it gains benefits for you is when yeah. you trust it. Because mm -hmm. if you had to second guess all the things that were happening, right. then the technology doesn't become very useful. It's, right. it's, a, it's a burden. <laughs> yeah. And you, you have, you know, the late that you talked about early adopters, you have the laggers, right? The late adopters who say, oh, I don't trust ways I can get where I'm going faster, right? You know, in some cases, that's right. But like, it's, it's just funny. Um, you know, I, I feel like um, there's always that mistrust of technology. And I don't think it's, it's you know, going to serve people well. No, and it comes back to your original, some of the points that you made a, at the beginning, which is, it's a human technology partnership. Mm -hmm. It's not that that robots are taking over our jobs. There's, yeah. you know, it's it's about working in tandem with technology right. to be as a, basically yeah. be able to get the job done and, yeah. you know, and, and to be efficient along the way, right. but, you know, use the tools to, to do your job better. And right. uh, that's, that's what I, again, I use my daughter as an example but uh, mm -hmm. she's just using tools at her disposal that make it easier for her to do what she's got to do. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think that's what we all do. Right. And then there's just so much more information to process. I was re reading a book that had said, um, I think the average Sunday paper has more knowledge in it than a person's brain held in the 1800s, right? Or something like that, right? It's just like the amount of information you're inundated with every day. You need those tools, right? You need a way of processing it. You need a way of breaking through the noise. Um, and I think the one last thing on trust too, because I really like that concept. You know, in the same way that you have to trust the technology, I think people adopting this technology need to trust that their staff will figure out something to do if they're not dealing with, you know, basic client requests, right? Sending people feed sheets that they could get online or automate, um, you know, getting that, directing them to the right thing. Trust that your staff will do the things that help your business. Um, yeah. So it goes both ways, not just trusting the data, but you got to trust the people too. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there comes in, you know, we talked about fear. So there's <laughs> fear and trust. Yeah. And that concept of fear is, you know, it's hard to question yourself to say, right. when I'm busy day in and day out, am I doing the right things? So you're, you're, yeah. you're, 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 if, if you are introduced with a way that's going to basically, if we were to say, it's going to cut your workload down by half, yeah. you're like, wait a second, but I'm busy every day mm -hmm. and I'm doing valuable things every right. day. 
But then you have to reevaluate and say, well, am I really doing value? You know, right. is being I mean, busy in some productive? Cases, busy equals job security. Right. Like we have, you've probably gone through this too. We've pitched our product to the person who's doing it manually now and views it as part of their job security. You will never make that sale, right? You will never make the sale to the person that views what you're replacing and automating as their job security. So they either you have to talk to someone else at the company who understands this or reframe the way that that person thinks about what they're doing or, you know, gets to a point where the pain is too much. If I can't do this myself, okay, I get it, you know. I need this. Right. So there's, yeah. there's a lot of that. And, and then there's, again, and we're, we're back in the trust circle, which is trust in the company is going to leverage yeah. your skills mm -hmm. to do even more of what you do really well. Yeah. But you know, there's this bleed that happens on a day in and day out. Mm -hmm. It's this scope creep. That's like, right. now it's emails and now it's phone calls. And now I got different chats going on. I got online meetings. I'm, I'm more productive and it's like, I'm more busy. But then at the end of the day, it's like, you know, was all that really productive? Right. And, uh, and, and, you know, again, can, can something help take something off your plate? And mm -hmm. uh, as, you know, as a, an alpha male that likes to fix everything and do everything myself, yeah. um, losing some control is, is an uncomfortable situation, but yeah. what I found at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a better situation. So, yeah. yeah. Right. It's like, how much of these things do you want to do? You just, and for me, at least you just have to figure out things to replace it with, right? Whether it's you personally of, you know, instead of fielding these calls or doing this task, I can do these things. I enjoy a lot more, right? Like, you know, in every aspect of business that comes in. So, and I, I've also had good team members who I trust and they're very good about prying things out of my hands. So that, that always helps too. But it's, it's kind of funny and ironic too that a conversation starting with AI and automation and you know, robots in some ways becomes so much about that humanity, that trust, all of those things. So I feel like there's a lot of you know, misconceptions about it out there. It, it really is. When you look at it on the surface, you're like, okay, AI and you know, yeah. it, it's really almost does it dissatisfaction. But every yeah. person I've ever talked to, if I said, if I can put in, a, if I can give you an assistant, would you like a personal assistant? Yeah. And every person says, yes, I would love a person. you know, would you yeah. love a personal? Yes, I'd love a personal assistant. What things do you do in your day that you hate to do or, or yeah. take time that you wish you could do doing something else? Yeah. Well, it's taking out the trash or it's, you know, yeah. laundry or it's, you know, it's all these things. It's like, okay, right. replace that with some, you know, and you can, and you can have the time to do more things. Yeah. And so it's a, it's just shifting that a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. But as we all get more comfortable with this term, and again, every year I see virtual assistant and, and yeah. AI being a term that I used to stay away from right. um, when I'm talk when I talked about Alana, but now mm -hmm. it's it's shifting a little bit to where we lean into it a little bit more because the market yeah. understands it's right. not robots taking my jobs. Right. No, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so like anything else, time is just kind of getting people more comfortable with all of that too. So it's always nice when you have, you know, those, uh, Google and Amazon, you know, being those wedge breakers for you too. So that makes it really easy. And Apple. Um, so, um, you know, this time always goes by fast. The last question we have, um, we ask all of our guests, um, you know, what inspires you? What is your lodestar? What is that, you know, guiding light, that North Star that, you know, gets you excited about bringing AI to the title insurance industry or just getting up and running a company every day? Yeah, you know, true... You know, true inspiration is is when I look around and I see the innovators around us. You know, mm -hmm. I, I see the people that are that are bringing. You know, they're challenging the status quo, and yeah. uh, that that gets me invigorated. You know, and and I love you know some of the NPR 
you know, how I built this mm -hmm. stories are just great stories. And those all inspire me because it's challenging the way we currently think about business as it is today. Mm -hmm. And it challenges me to think about it differently to say, you know what, we don't have to do this thing that we're doing today, the same as we always have done it, there might be a better way. And so mm -hmm. I gain inspiration by looking at innovators around me that some of them are very public figures. But then again, you know, some of these how I built this type of innovators are lesser known, but their stories are still super impactful. So yeah. I, I look, I look to get that inspiration from pretty much um, a lot of different sources. So that's great. I love hearing those types of stories and people, you know, starting different companies and what they go through. And you always see people at the end, right? They say it takes years to be an overnight success too. So just learning about, you know, how much crap someone has to eat for so long to get to that point, I think is, is you know, is, is amazing. And I think, you know, for you, someone doing it yourself is really, uh, you know, it's it's definitely a, a motivator. So that's that's great. As well as yourself, you know, yeah. getting a chance to uh, to to meet uh, meet the first generation of uh, in your line, and there might be other generations that yeah. uh, was before you that um, mm -hmm. that uh, you know to, to see somebody come up and be an entrepreneur after mm -hmm. another entrepreneur. It's super encouraging for well, me. Fun. So. You can see part of the signs behind me in my office. I have my great great grandfathers, right? All four of them ran a family business. Um, I have all like mementos or pictures of that up there, right? And they're not not always doing it because they have a cool app idea or cool technology, right? It's you know in some cases what you what you have to do. It's just kind of a, you know the path in front of you. So it's that's you know always a great motivator. So um, you know similar, right? Just seeing the people kind of doing it and and, and ahead of you doing it in different ways. So. Wait, you know, I really appreciate you coming on. This was a great conversation. Um, you know, welcome back anytime. Thanks again. Excellent. Well, thanks for having me, Jim. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Lodestar's Lending Leaders. Please like, subscribe, and rate us five stars anywhere you get your podcast. I'd like to give a special thank you to the Lodestar team involved in the production of this podcast, including Elena Gardner, Tim Austin, and John Gardner. 